Hello, pod listeners. This is Matt talking, and I just wanted to thank you for downloading, streaming, or sitting patiently while I awkwardly make you listen to this later. <laughs> Sorry, Ray, that won't happen again. Um, first off, before we get started on this week's episode, I just wanted to mention that on the Obsessive Viewer blog, which you can find at obsessiveviewer.com, uh, we're dedicating the entire month to Shocktober. It's a yearly tradition. We've been doing it for years amongst ourselves. Uh, it's a month-long celebration of horror on the screen, and this whole month we're posting reviews, recommendations, discussions, all about what's perhaps the most polarizing movie genre of them all. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Shocktober if you guys didn't participate. So I'm asking if you if you have an opinion or anything, shoot us an email, comment, do whatever you need to do to get to us, because uh, we thrive off of the uh, discussions that ha- we have on the site. Um, as usual, you can reach us at, uh, on email, um, by email at ovpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm Matt. I'm at obsessive viewer. Tiny is at obsessive tiny. And Mike is at, at I am Mike White. And of course, you can also like the page on Facebook at, uh, the obsessive viewer. I encourage you to do that because I like it when there's a little notification telling me that someone likes the page. It, it makes me happy. Um, so without further ado, I'll let you get to the episode. Uh, this week we're talking about the Cornetto Trilogy. We had a lot of fun discussing it. It was a nice kind of laid-back conversation. And if you must know, this was like the first time in like a month or two that we, I haven't hit any snags in the editing. So... I'm very, I'm pretty proud of it. So, hope you guys enjoy. Let us know what you think, and thanks again for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. <laughs> if we were crossing the Delaware, you would be George Washington. Yeah. Oh yes, history. That is yep. the best analogy I could come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me I'd be, I, I would, I will have been dead for like two or three hundred years. <laughs> yeah, and you, you won like. Five out of nine battles in the. This is nerdy. Let's stop. <laughs> Wasn't he in the Hall of Presidents? Oh yeah. What did he say? <laughs> Welcome to the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> what Whoa. was that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, nice. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. Me neither. One of the first movies I ever saw in the theater. It was at a drive-in. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. So you're listening to the Obsessive Historian podcast, where we talk <laughs> about history and it's the <laughs> Obsessive Obscure Reference podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very obscure, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. That's okay. <laughs> You'll cry. Huh. This is an old reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Matt? Well. Today on the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, we are talking about the Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg with Nick Frost and a bevy of different British actors and actresses um, as they send up, not really send up, but they, they subvert genres uh, in three three thematically linked films. Um, yeah. So what do you guys, what's up? <laughs> kind of kind of thematically they're yeah. linked barely yeah 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 they're they're indicative of where these people were at that time in their lives um which is a weird phrasing but basically it's the what i mean is 
you know, Shaun of the Dead was the first one, and it's kind of it's kind of about being in your early twenties, and you're kind of mm-hmm. you don't want to you kind late twenties, yeah, mid to late twenties, yeah. and you want to hang on to your your childhood, if you will. Uh, and then the middle one, you know, uh, Hot Fuzz is kind of about embracing your role as an adult, and you have to kind of grow up. And then uh, the last one, which just recently came out, The World's End, is kind of about, you know, you're you're totally just a boring adult now, and it's kind of about <laughs> it's kind of about getting back your your youthful youthful pride and and joy. Yeah. So it's 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 indicative of where these these actors and filmmakers were at at a certain time in their lives as well. I think that's kind of a, a an, an interesting aspect of the trilogy. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so let's let's just get on the line and talk about each movie individually, and uh, and you know we can do our thing. Let's do it. Um, before we start discussing the movies, I kind of want to just bring up how we came about these movies. So the first one being Shaun of the Dead, two thousand four Shaun of the Dead, about Shaun who is a slacker uh, kind of kind of guy who is resistant to growing up and uh, procrastinates growing up, I guess. Who in the face of a zombie apocalypse, uh, I'm sorry, uh, an apocalyptic event. Don't want to use the Z word. We're not using that word. Yes. <laughs> uh, in the face of, of this this apocalypse, um, he, he he puts his life back together and he grows up and he, he becomes, it takes, it takes the end of the world for him to, to, to get, his, get his stuff together. So, first of all, how did you guys come about this movie? I know we kind of, we're kind of stepping on a future podcast um but that's fine uh so tiny how'd you find this how'd you find Shaun of the dead um i think it was word of mouth really more than anything else um i didn't i i had not, that that was my first exposure to edgar wright and the whole Shaun of the dead team uh so i hadn't i didn't have that fanboy aspect yet but uh i think i just yeah i just kind of heard about it and it looked really cool and funny and uh just watched n- nothing special really just kind of just kind of found it one day and watched it nice yeah. mike how about you yeah similarly i knew absolutely nothing about it coming in it was on i think the usi movie channel <laughs> at the university of southern indiana my freshman year of college in 2005 yes. uh i guess a year after it came out or so and uh i was laying in bed and matt was sleeping right next to me we were cuddling in bed <laughs> and, oh uh, you oh yeah uh <laughs> and i was just i couldn't sleep so i was flipping through the channels and watched about the last half of the movie mm-hmm. and i thought it was pretty funny and then a year later i just decided to i guess semi-blind buy it and and kind of made a big deal out of watching it the the, the following shocktober i'm pretty much the same way um i i heard you listening i heard you watching it um mm-hmm. and usually i mean we had kind of a, we had a dynamic where we basically sat there or like i'd like one of us would go to bed the other one would kind of stay up and and do our thing but we never really interfered with anyone so yeah with each other so like it was a normal occurrence for you to watch tv like i i kind of uh i credit you with my love of conan o'brien because you lo- you watch conan I did uh, most uh, nights. Conan O'Brien, yeah, mm-hmm. and like I would like I would listen to it as I was falling asleep, and then be like, "Wow, th- this guy's really funny." <laughs> um, so I listened, right? <laughs> um, and then it was just kind of 
uh, from there, I listened to uh, I listened to Shaun of the Dead, and I was like, this sounds like a movie that I might be interested in seeing. And then I eventually did see it, like all the way through in a proper context, and I just I fell in love with it at the point at the time I was already kind of in love with zombie movies and uh, zombie lore and all that. Um, that this just it solidified it even more for me yeah um there was there was one shocktober in particular where a friend of mine visited from where he and i both went to high school and uh and we watched Shaun of the dead and then of course the scene where don't stop me now by queen plays kind of toward the end of the movie Mm -hmm. uh and we were just obsessed with that scene literally we must have listened to don't stop me now 50 times that weekend (laughs) <laughs> it was in October, so it was all about we need to go to Walmart and pick up like four bags of candy each. And every time we would go out to get candy or go out to get food, we would just put "Don't Stop Me Now" on repeat and sing it at the top of our lungs. <laughs> one of That's one awesome. of my favorite Shocktober experiences. Yeah, it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I made a I made a zombie playlist just for just for the hell of it, um, <laughs> of one year. And, uh, I, uh, I had that on there. Yeah. Fitting. Yes. Oh, um, oh, zombie songs. Yeah. Just, just songs that reminded me of, I'm a nerd. Did you have the so. cranberries on there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Was this, uh, um, for any of you guys, had you guys heard of Simon Pegg before this movie? Oh yeah, I think. Hadn't, hadn't oh, you had? This had was, I? This was my first uh, first experience with Simon Pegg. Hmm. I had seen him in the was it Mission Impossible Mission Impossible Three, I believe, the one that J.J. Abrams did. Because um, he Simon Pegg and J.J. Abrams were like friends, and I'm uh, pretty sure that came out in 2006. Did it? mm Hmm. Maybe huh. I guess you're right. Okay, so yeah, maybe it was my first experience with Simon Pegg. Yeah, I'm gonna look him up because I'm not. I'm. I feel like I knew him from somewhere, but I, I can't place it. Yeah. Maybe he's just one of those guys that you feel like you know him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. The only thing that I can think of pre Shaun of the Dead that I would have seen would be Band of Brothers, but yeah. I mean, he's in it for like one scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, hmm. it was definitely my. First interaction with him. Nice. And a good one at that. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, so for yeah, those... just a quick look. It was the first thing I'd seen him in, so yeah. Yeah. For those not in know, not in the know with why they call it the Cornetto Trilogy, mm-hmm. what do you guys want to shed light onto that? Cornetto is a, f- is a brand of ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, it's a brand. Um, it's yeah. incredibly popular in... Uh, mm-hmm. In England, yeah, um, and you can see in in uh, in Shaun of the Dead, he goes to the shop and uh, he asks uh, he asks Nick Frost's character. Um, he asks him, "I'm going to the shop. Do you want anything?" And he's like, "Cornetto." And then he goes and he grabs him. Strawberry Cornetto. Strawberry Cornetto. Yes, because uh, to represent blood. Yes, like zombies. And it's uh, it's called the Cornetto, Cornetto trilogy because throughout all three films, the uh, that brand of ice cream is referenced, and it's featured yes. in all three films. So, yep, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, favorite things or favorite scenes in in Shaun of the Dead? Uh, my favorite my favorite part of this 
<clears throat> excuse me of this movie in particular is just how how smart it is the the smart scenes that get repeated uh like when mm-hmm. Matt you just referenced when Sean goes to the shop uh the first time he you know it, it the camera follows Sean from when he leaves their apartment or flat in the uh UK <laughs> lingo uh it's the the camera follows him all the way from when he leaves to all the way he gets to the store and back home and it's it's a cool tracking shot to watch by itself but then after the apocalypse happens and uh <laughs> the character of uh Sean does not know that it has happened he does the exact same journey to the store <laughs> yeah uh unbeknownst to him that there's a zombie apocalypse and he gets all the way back to his house and still does not know uh just the brilliance of that that shot is just so those two shots together is so brilliant um mm-hmm. and then the way that uh Sean keeps running into an old acquaintance um played by uh Jessica Hines. I don't remember the character's name, but uh she was played by Jessica Hines who was uh uh she she was on the series Spaced with Spaced. Uh, with uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and it was mm-hmm. written and directed by Edgar Wright so they they all kind of knew each other. Uh they keep running into they run into each other I think three times or four times throughout the movie and given the regardless of the context they have the exact same conversation every time it's so funny uh you know how you doing oh surviving and it fits in all four contexts it's so funny how that works out it's just a brilliant little piece of uh of writing and filmmaking there that's that's my favorite part about this movie is the it's easy to dis- it's easy to dismiss it as a silly comedy uh but it's it's really really intelligent it's a very smart film uh with with very very unique and difficult uh filmmaking techniques to it that that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a movie like this uh, that's what i love about it so much nice i agree uh mike how about you um in a similar vein to that just this the smart filmmaking and it kind of uh british humor Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Edgar, Edgar Wright kind of style. I love when they're describing the plan, or I guess when Simon Pegg, <laughs> when Sean is describing the plan, and yeah. they keep making amendments to the plan. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, I wish I could remember the characters' names better. I'm I'm embarrassed that I don't. But we'll, we'll, we'll go pick up stepdad, and then we'll go here, <laughs> and then we'll go here to get the girlfriend, and then we'll go to here, and then we'll go to the pub and have a pint. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it always ends there. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then, of course, obviously, uh, just don't stop me now <laughs> for personal reasons. Awesome. It's one right. of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with both of you guys a lot. Um, <laughs> um, Tiny, you touched on the, on the, on the writing and I agree. It's, it's, it's really, it's really spectacular the way that they connect things and they make these connections and it's, and it's by all intents and purposes, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a silly comedy. It's a silly zombie comedy that shouldn't Mm -hmm. be that kind of that intricately layered in terms of the jokes and, and the, and the callbacks and the, and the setups and all that. But it, it is, and it's, it's, it's made all the better for it. And in addition to that, I just love the, the tribute that it pays to, to the history of zombie movies and, and, the zombie, the zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it's it's really great. It's one of my favorite favorite movies for 
Sharktober and really any time that I'm in the mood to to be put in a good mood. <laughs> I was going to say, in kind of reference to what you were saying, where would you guys rank Shaun of the Dead in terms of zombie movies? Hmm. I would say I think it's, first of all, I I admit my bias a lot on this show. I'm very biased to uh, towards this film. It's one of my, it's literally, I don't have a top ten, but it's literally in my top ten. That's how much I love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's, so so I, I think it's, it's my favorite zombie movie uh, by far, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best zombie movie okay. um, just because it's, it's it pokes fun and it's very referential of the other zombie films. Sure. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best, but I think it's I think it has been adopted as one of the best by a lot of people, uh, just because of how clever it is and everything. Yeah. It is, and I feel like it's it's kind of like a, a scream approach to zombie movies. Sure, definitely, and yeah, and sure. I love it for that. I absolutely love it for that. And there's little like there's little Easter eggs like it's com it's it's popular. Um, a popular piece of trivia is that the uh, the line where Nick Frost yells into the phone at um at Simon at Sean's mom he's like we're coming to get you Barbara that's that's a reference to Night of the Living Dead um mm-hmm. the beginning of Night of the Living Dead and when they sh- when they screened the movie for George Romero like he he didn't even pick up on it <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, funny yeah and it was it's. I just love that that kind of that kind of care that it takes in, in paying tribute to this to this genre, while in addition being a a great movie in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it strikes such a great balance in terms of all these all these singular singular elements coming together to create this great comedy that's that never ever gets old. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Nice. Yeah. I would say, as kind of the non-zombie fan um, amongst us. Uh, that it is my favorite. If nice. I guess you gotta you gotta also count Zombieland, yeah, in terms of mm-hmm. zombie movies. But Zombieland is is uh, is a little more I don't know a, a little more slapstick than Shaun yeah. of the Dead. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's not really fair to say because Shaun of the Dead is slapstick at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I take Shaun of the Dead more seriously than Zombieland. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, so I would give Shaun of the Dead the nod there, um, but Zombieland has Bill Murray, so <laughs> ah, that's true. true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you guys have like favorite scenes from the movie? Whew. Uh, like I said, the "Don't Stop Me Now" scene is probably. Oh, and when um, this when they finally make it inside the the bar you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and then and david is pulled through the window and they rip his guts out (laughs) that is is one of the lasting things uh from the movie when i when i saw it in our dorm room matt Mm -hmm. that was what made me say that i had to see it again because i thought that was disgusting i thought it was great very bold for a comedy to to do that Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that is that is scary movie gore level oh yeah you know I agree. Um, as for my favorite scene, it's really hard to tell. Um, it goes back and forth every time I watch it because it's it's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, maybe the scene where they're rehearsing 
um, their zombie voc- their zombie yeah. impressions. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And they and they go to Sean's mom, and she's just like she's like, uh, and then uh, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's she's like um, she's like good job or whatever, and then she kind of comes out of the stage and is like, I'm sorry, I was I was in it, I was worlds away. What's <laughs> going <world> on? Away. <laughs> yeah. So great. I was miles away. Yeah, uh, oh, that was great. My favorite scene is uh, I think it is the best scene in the entire trilogy i will actually oh say. wow uh it is when they first learn that they're dealing with zombies it is uh when oh, they, yes! they find the girl wandering around in their backyard uh, her name is mary she worked at the grocery store uh-huh. uh she, they go back there and they think that she's just drunk and yeah. she she kind of tries to attack simon peg uh sean and uh he pushes her away she falls back she impales herself on a pole and uh, uh, then she she does not die, much to their amazement, and she gets up and starts walking towards them. And unfortunately, this is a very visual joke. There's no dialogue, uh, so it's hard to explain. You have to just see it. But uh, the character of Ed, played by Nick Frost, uh, is holding a camera, a disposable <laughs> camera. And as soon as he sees her start walking towards them, he... Uh, he starts uh, re... I don't know how to explain it, but he, he winds starts, it back up. He winds whatever. the camera back up without saying <laughs> yeah. a word. That is, I, in my opinion, that is the best joke in the whole trilogy. I think it's because it's so. It's just so smart. It's all about delivery. Uh, it's like I said, if you just sit there and tell it, it's not funny. But if yeah. if you see it, it is beyond hilarious. And then is, the rest of that scene is also really funny, where they. They try to, it may not be that scene exactly, but where they try to uh, kill the zombies that are in their backyard, and they, they go inside and grab any blunt object they can think of, and they grab the crate of records, Yeah, <laughs> and then they're sitting there trying to decide which records to throw. Yeah. And they're like, no, this one's, this one's terrible. Go ahead and throw it. It's just, what, it's isn't so it funny. like one of them's the Batman soundtrack, Prince? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's like Purple Rain. Yeah. yeah. It's oh god, I think it's just so funny. And it's it's a little bit of a that scene is a little bit of a dig at how zombies seem like at least the zombies that they're talking about, the kind of zombies that are in this film, they seem mm-hmm. not so menacing because they they walk so slow, they barely right. move, and this that scene is indicative of it because they have time to sit there and decide what kind of records <laughs> yeah. they're gonna throw at this zombie. <laughs> yeah. I just I love everything about that whole that whole scene yeah it's good it's <laughs> yeah. a great movie yeah so wonderful yeah. great stuff um should we move on to hot fuzz let's sure. sweet so hot fuzz is from 2000 and i'm looking it up now <laughs> I say seven? 2007. 2007 sure yeah. yes you want to say that again <laughs> <laughs> Hot Fuzz is a movie from, from 2007 starring uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, directed by uh, Edgar Wright. Um, it's about Nicholas Angel, a, uh, a kind of a, an, a super cop for for the police. <laughs> He's a Bobby. <laughs> He's a Bobby from uh, the police from London. Um, he's he's. He's sent to a, a small country village called Sanford because he is – and this is one of my favorite bits about it. Um, it's because he's so exceptionally good that he makes all, the, all of the other cops in, in London look bad, so they send him <laughs> to this obscure place. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, 
it's just it's it's a great movie. And there he kind of he kind of uh, stumbles on this this plot with uh, um, involving murder and uh, secrecy. And it's it's just it's it's a great it's a great action movie in in the sense that uh, Shaun of the Dead was a zombie movie. This is an action movie, and it does the same things, and it does the same things spectacularly well. Yes, it does, but um, with elements of horror. Yes, those really threw me. That it's that's tough to say. I can't say Hot Fuzz is the action one without mm-hmm. saying, "Oh yeah, but peace, people also get their heads sliced off." You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it, it's like a slasher movie in addition to being an action movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a slashing movie, and um, and I like that. <laughs> oh jeez, I'm so sorry. Oh man, <laughs> I think Mike just glossed over it. Like I'm not even going to talk. Yeah, about it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the John Johnny Deppelgangers all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Thanks for bringing that up again. So, yeah. Ulrich is the Johnny Doppelganger. Yeah, are you referencing the future right now? No, that was last. That, that was last. That was the kickoff. Yeah, I'm all thrown. You guys, I, yeah. it's it's tough. We've been recording. The, a this lot, is guys. what happens when you mess with time travel. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yep. Listeners, I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> we have developed time travel. Mike. Yes. Well, we didn't develop it. It exists. But no. we discovered the means by which you can travel through time. Yes. <laughs> and every now and then, we like to go into the future and record an episode and put yeah. it out that day. And then we go <laughs> to the past and we kind of just let it happen later on. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if you find those discrepancies, it's really just us uh, just having having a joke, having a little right. fun. Right. <laughs> oh, how about that time travel episode we did? That was a good one. That, that was, was good. You guys are going to love that. It yes. Was fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, maybe we'll post that yesterday. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're getting away from ourselves here. Yeah, a little so, bit. So, Hot Fuzz is uh, it, it's great, it, and like you said, it is like a slasher. It's kind of like a slasher movie in addition to being an action movie. And uh, yeah, what did what? Uh, how did you guys come about seeing Hot Fuzz? Uh, I didn't see it until. Uh, it was out of theaters, unfortunately. I saw it on DVD, but I was very aware of it. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I thought it was. Uh, I, I Shaun of the Dead became one of my favorite movies, and I was super excited that it was the whole team back together. But you know, I was a little bit skeptical. Skeptical, excuse me, because uh, you know, it's sometimes sequels just suck. You know, you can't you can't always recapture the 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 greatness from the first film and so I was I was just hesitant I didn't want the world ruined if you will uh so I I was kind of hesitant to see it and I think that's why I waited for the DVD but I was uh beyond pleasantly surprised by how great it was I uh I loved it a lot yep uh, Mike how about you I actually lied about my timeline um I didn't see Shaun of the Dead in full the year after I actually waited almost three years, well, I guess three years to see it in 2008, which was a year after Hot Fuzz came out. So Hot Fuzz was completely under the radar. I, I, I remember hearing about it, but not caring at all. It wasn't until that Shocktober in 2008 where I became obsessed with Shaun of the Dead that I even cared to go back and watch Hot Fuzz. And I think I watched it that summer um, just on a whim. I, I think I might have red boxed it or something like that mm-hmm. and uh, and enjoyed it. Uh, I guess I'm kind of probably stepping on something we might talk about later, but I remember immediately not liking it as much as Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. Hmm. So. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, they had they had huge shoes to fill 
you know, it's hard to follow Shaun of the Dead, in my opinion. That would have been almost impossible to match the quality of that. So, yeah. But I think this was a beyond stellar, uh, you know, addition to the to, to their uh, various careers. So, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a. I love it. I really love this movie. Um, I like I it. I think some yeah. of the jokes are better. I think some of the jokes might be fun. The wordplay mm-hmm. is perhaps mm-hmm. funnier in this. Um, yeah. But what Shaun of the Dead has is is the visual gags. The yeah, yeah. the setups in uh, in Hot Fuzz, which by the way I found Hot Fuzz just I, I was a fan of Shaun of the Dead and it came out in theaters and I didn't see it in theaters, but I think maybe my brother saw it when it hit DVD and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because I've been meaning to watch it and it, it was one of those movies that I meant to watch sooner but I just didn't get around to it and I, I loved it, I, I absolutely loved it. And what they do with Hot Fuzz is that. Some of the setups, like the the kind of uh, 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 like uh, is it Timothy Dalton's character? Um, yeah, go, like Bond. he's yeah he yeah, he comes up and he's like he's like uh, what does he say? It's like I'm a slasher or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of those those kind of setups and those kind of uh, those kind of things. They're they're more on the nose here, but it serves the story just as well because um, it's it's kind of that goofy kind of small community. That is shielding the secret. That's just, and it's just this weird, bizarro world that uh, Nicholas has has gotten himself into, and it's it's a really cool. Uh, it fits the story well. Yeah, totally. Yep. Um, favorite scenes. Jeez, I'd be hard pressed to choose one. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know. I, I'd. Ha- I, I don't know if I can pick one. Hmm. Uh. I like early on. I like the first bit of gore because it totally changes the movie. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it is it is behind stage at the play. I think they're rehearsing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Maybe. And, uh, and it's the two. It's the. Oh man. Is it when the uh, when the guy from the 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 local newspaper is interviewing Nicholas about how, what he thought about the uh, what he thought about the play? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> and then shortly after that, gets the head chopped off. Yeah, yeah. Right. That yeah. just that like shock of gore was like this is not the movie I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I kind of had it on like in the background of doing something else, and I remember mm-hmm. seeing that and just saying, "Whoa, this movie is something else." And then, I, <laughs> and then I really like, of course, the. Uh, Point Break is actually one of my fa- the favorite movies from my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> and when he's shooting in the air and, and screaming, I, I really love that visual payoff. I, I think yeah. that I thought that was yeah. well done. Yeah, it's pretty um, great. Yeah, I like the I like the juxtaposition between this and uh, Shaun of the Dead, where Shaun of the Dead is about this kind of slacker guy in his late twenties who's who's kind of just hasn't grown up yet, and then. Whereas in, in Hot Fuzz, he's playing a character that's really uptight and really, really structured, and he doesn't know how to have fun or anything. It's all about, like, Shaun of the Dead is about his journey toward becoming an adult and, and taking charge of situations and stuff. Whereas Hot Fuzz is the opposite, where he's 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 an uptight guy who's learning to loosen up and, and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just like how it was. Yeah, I love uh, I love throughout the film. Uh, there there's a whole there's a whole dichotomy of this this small country town kind of being uh they're they're sort of critical of city life mm-hmm. and uh i love how they 
they'll they kind of mock Nicholas. They're like, well, maybe in London and stuff like that. <laughs> and then like the one officer, he get, like Nick gets a call from somebody from London, and the the one officer is like, he's like, oh, uh, officer Angel, officer Angel, uh, someone from London called. Like he doesn't, <laughs> like he's never heard of the town of London before. It's I so funny. About that. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, and I love how. Uh, just all the all the different crimes that that occur or the the deaths that are made to seem like accidents and mm-hmm. all the cops will be standing in a circle and they will be you know throwing out they'll be like so what do you think happened and then Nicholas Angel will just go into this really detailed and uh you know <laughs> perfect summary of what happened and they'll be like yep that's what happened <laughs> or whatever yeah, it's yeah. just it's really funny it's like, yeah I, what he I said yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> And a little, a little like almost throwaway thing, but uh, I love that the reporters like come, like come to the scene and all that, and like, like one of them asks uh, Nicholas, he's like, "So, what's your favorite Sunday? <laughs> Describe your perfect Sunday." Yes, uh, yeah. and then yeah. kind of, and I think it's like kind of at the end of the movie, you see, you see, uh, you see, you see them. I think they're interviewing one of the Andes. Um, and all you hear is him say like, well, I like to have, he says something like, something like, I like to have a scone with my newspaper as I watch the sunrise or something like that. (laughs) It's so, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious that in the police station, they have a swear jar. Uh, Cause that's just the last place you would expect to see a swear jar is in, in a police station, you know? Right. Uh, so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I love it, and I love all the references and all that. Um. <laughs> and it's it's funny to see. It was funny to see all these. Well, not all these, but several classic, uh, you know, storied British actors in this kind of silly comedy, like Timothy Dalton and mm-hmm. Jim Broadbent, and uh, uh, you know, so, a couple of the other older, like town elders, if you yeah. know, were you know, classic. British actors and just kind of in this Bill Nighy, Bill Nighy, right? He was, yeah, he was the the captain of the the science guy. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, Mike, I feel like you were just waiting for one of us to reference <laughs> Bill Nighy just to throw that out there. Using it, I am totally stealing that. Oh, that's <laughs> that's hilarious. That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. Sorry. I have that in my back pocket since the start of the. That's, oh, great. that's great. <laughs> um, in, uh, there's a there's a point where it's uh, th- there's a cameo early in the film when Nick Nicholas Angel is still in London where he kind of breaks up with his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> he breaks up with her at a crime scene, and she's a forensic investigator. Uh, the role was it, the funny thing about it is that all these people are in they're wearing like these full uniforms and you can't really <laughs> see their faces uh that that role was actually played by Kate Blanchett that's uh, right uh, it's oh, it's yeah. a funny cameo cuz you don't know it's her cuz you right. can't see her face at all but there was another an, do you guys remember who the other actor was who played the guy that she left him for oh uh, no it was it's somebody big i can't remember who it is but ah uh. Ah, so I kind of ruined it, but uh, <laughs> I just have just, to laugh at the, at the. I thought you were setting us up like, oh, it was it was someone huge, but no, you just I know I I really should have <laughs> looked it up before I brought it up, but that's ah, all right. It's just it's just another a funny a really clever funny detail of the film. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, 
Just uh, what? How do you guys? Do you think it was better than Shaun of the Dead or no? Not. No, and I've already kind of said that. Right. Like I said, I I think uh, I think the joke writing is better. Hmm. Um. But Shaun of the Dead is like a cultural icon now. I agree. Already. And, Definitely. And Hot Fuzz is not. And people who appreciate the Cornetto trilogy, appreciate Edgar Wright on his own, appreciate Simon Pegg on his own, appreciate Hot Fuzz. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think anybody like hates Hot Fuzz. Right. Um, but very, very many people love Shaun of the Dead, and I don't think anybody loves Hot Fuzz as much as they love Shaun of the Dead. Well said. I. I, I don't want to say anybody, but you know what I mean. For I the agree. most part. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good point. I, I agree with that too. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, yeah. I, I said it earlier. Shaun of the Dead was borderline perfect in my opinion, uh, and so there's almost no way that Hot Fuzz could have matched it. So, yeah. but mm-hmm. I still think this is a really funny movie, and I love it a lot. Me too. Yep. Me too. Yep. Yep. Um, parting thoughts on on Hot Fuzz? Um, yeah, not really. It's, it's not a Shocktober staple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no. But I uh, do. I do like to throw it on if I feel the if I feel the urge to watch a watch a fun action movie. Because I mean that yeah. that the big the big gunfight at the end is just is just awesome. It's yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays with so many uh, action movie tropes um, that just it just I get a kick out of it. Oh, and uh, Vanilla Cornetto with a blue wrapper, blue to represent, of course, the the police force. Yes. Ah. Um, awesome. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you remembered. And also, uh, we're forgetting the the tr- attempting to leap over a fence. Oh yeah, gag. yeah. <laughs> the running gag. All three, the running. Yeah, gag. I love it. Yeah. It's just kind of a fun thing they threw in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, should we move on to kind of? I don't want to cheapen it, but I mean, this is the most recent one, so it's kind of the main event topic, but right. the world's end. Because we, the three of us, haven't discuss, discussed this privately with each other at all. We haven't. We um, have not. We do that. You uh, Obsessive listeners, you should know that our personal lives and friendships are suffering because of you people. Yes. <laughs> We're suffering. Because of you people. We don't talk anymore. <laughs> it's all business. Yes. We do it. We do it for you. We do it for <laughs> you, yeah. It is out of love for you guys, but I'll tell you, the love for each other is, is just fading. Fast. Yes, yes. yes. Our art is just too important. It is, it is. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll text Matt. Matt, just saw the world's end. What'd you think? Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> he does that to you too? I thought it was just me. <laughs> exactly. I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so the world's end tells the story of a group of friends goaded by their kind of reckless friend, uh, Gary King played by Simon Pig, who gets the band back together to, uh, go on a, uh, a mythical pub crawl. Uh, called the Golden Mile, where they hit 12, 12 pubs, twelve pints in one night. They never finished it when they were when they were kids, so they might as well, so that so they want to try to reclaim their their youth and their their destiny. 
Um, but then oh, they find strange things are afoot in their town as they return and see that people have been replaced by robot-like beings. Um, where did you uh, did you guys see this? How did you guys come about seeing The World's End? What was your hype surrounding it? Well, and and how did you see it? Well, I really like um, Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel. So it's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's too easy. <laughs> like, I was going to go deeper oh. into that, but I'm an idiot. Oh, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's so stupid. I'm, I'm just, I should have I should have quit after the text message. Ah, that's fine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I saw it in theaters. It was it was part of the plan as far as our my Thursday night movie nights go. It was just next up on the list. I was very excited for it. Um not so much excited as part of the Cornetto trilogy, just excited because uh, I've grown an appreciation for Simon Pegg. I think, honestly, I fell in love with Simon Pegg uh, in Star Trek, really. Oh, and, yeah. and so I was just kind of excited to to see that. And, and it just sounded, it just seemed like a cool, cool story, cool event movie, kind of a kind of a way to uh, um, put put the summer behind me you know what i mean it was like the last of the summer movies so mm-hmm. right we saw it um i guess the week after it came out in theaters yeah nice tiny how about you i i have been looking forward to this movie for six years give or take nice. uh, because i like i said sean the dead it's just one of my favorite movies and i loved hot fuzz as well so i was i have been waiting for this for a long time i was super excited for them to conclude the trilogy and you know, wrap up all the jokes and all that stuff. And I, I just love these, these actors and this filmmaker so much that it was, it was very hyped for me. I had, um, I had pretty high expectations for it just because it was, it felt like the end of an era for me. And mm-hmm. so I, it, it was very, it was, it was a bit emotional and stuff like that. So I, I was, I've been looking forward to it for a long time and I was glad to go see it in the theater. I saw it by myself, and there was no one else in the theater. <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was actually late on like a Tuesday night, at like ten thirty. It was when it was when I saw it. So, uh, but it, I yeah, that's 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 how I felt about it going in. That's uh, similar to my story. I is I uh, I procrastinated seeing in the theater um, until just this past weekend. Um, yeah, and it was a. Uh, it was the kind of thing where I, I, I was very excited for it. I just didn't get around to seeing it. So I had to go all the way up north to see it on the north side of Indy. Um, and again, and I also was there by myself, um, which that alone, that, that kind of experience is just is just great. I love being in a theater all, all to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the I mean, I, I was tweeting during it. It was just, it was fantastic. But <laughs> Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> That's when uh, we sent you. That's when we sent you our unanswered text messages, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was looking forward to it, and uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't disappointed. What did you guys think of it? Uh, yeah, I was. I certainly wasn't disappointed. It mm-hmm. wasn't as mind blowingly hilariously awesome as I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it was a very nice send off for the trilogy. Uh, for this this. It feels like the characters in the films are all relatively different, but it feels like they were the same characters throughout all three, kind of. Uh, just huh. because it's that's how it feels for me. It feels like 
I think this this trilogy is more about friends making movies together as opposed to a zombie movie, an action movie, and a a fun little comedy or whatever. Right. Uh, so that, that's kind of how I felt about it. So I, I don't know. I I, I thought it was, but I thought it, it was a fitting send off. I, I I enjoyed it. Okay. I would argue that Nick Frost was a dramatically different character in this movie, though. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what yeah, I was going to say. It, it is. It is. But then you could also make the argument that they were just switched. True. Simon Pegg yeah. and Nick Frost. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Mike, what did you think of The World's End? I, um, <laughs> you guys can tease me if you want. I really, really, really loved it when I saw it. That mm-hmm. when it was over, I was like, man, this might have been the best of the trilogy. Wow. Oh wow. wow! Now looking back and just and just talking about it and remembering how much I love Shaun of the Dead, I retract <laughs> that statement. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is certainly better than Hot Fuzz, I think. Okay. Um, okay. And we'll probably talk about this when we get into it. But uh, I thought that it was really, really good, and then really great right up until the climax. Yes, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about that definitely. Okay. Um, I share some of the same sentiments that you do, um, actually. Um, I thought that the movie was just... I, I thought that of the three movies, the, the theme of each movie is, like like I said, Shaun of the Dead, Slacker turning into... Slacker getting his life together, Hot Fuzz, uptight guy loosening up. I thought that the story of, of Gary King being this, this guy who's stuck in his... Stuck trying to preserve his, 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 his teenage years, his, his golden years... Um, at the, at the, uh, despite his, his friends all moving on, I thought that that as a story worked better than the other two. Yes. Um, and I, I connected to that. And on, I think on, that's what I'm react what I reacted to initially. Absolutely. And that's, that's, I was the same way. I was, I immediately connected to it and I thought the characters were, were played out very well. I thought that the movie itself, I, I had watched, uh, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead before I went, I went to see it like the day before, um, and I thought, like, you could see the evolution of Edgar Wright's uh, directing talent. Yeah. Um, this was a much more a much more dramatically filmed movie, I would say. It yeah. didn't have as many, like, quick cuts and flashy, yeah. flashy slam cuts and all that stuff. Um, it was just a more, I hesitate to say straightforward, but it was a more, a more professionally filmed movie. Not to discredit the filmmaking of the other two movies, because I thought that he was he was spot on with it. But I just think his evolution as a filmmaker is evident in in yeah. the world's end. Was the budget bigger? I assume it was. I don't actually. Know. I I assume so. I assume it was, and I think the press for this movie was bigger too. Yeah, definitely was. It was. De- I I agree completely with you, Matt. I think it just it just felt more professional as a project. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. You you guys both made the point that you kind of connected with this the story of you know this guy was kind of stuck in his adolescence if you will and dwelling on this one night for you know half of his life i that was that was interesting i liked that a lot and i did connect with that to a sense but i i, I think the more of the, the theme was kind of about growing up and moving into this this dull malaise of of adulthood that these other these other five guys were uh were a part of and that's that's something that i can't quite connect with yet i think is you know n- none of us are of the three of us we're all the same age we're not quite at that point in our lives yet so we haven't necessarily had that experience yet and so that was i'm not saying it was a disconnect but it wasn't 
I did not connect to it as much as Sean from Shaun of the Dead or sure. Constable Constable Danny Butterman from uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> so in that sense, it was it was less less of a, a movie than the other two, in my opinion. But uh, okay. I, I still enjoy. It. I still liked it quite a bit. Okay, nice. Yeah, I can yeah. I can see um, I can see your point. It's it's kind of this funny balance between uh, because. <laughs> We're not very rounded yet, and we're and we're so young that mm-hmm. it's easier to connect to the characters in the first two movies. But mm-hmm. the yeah. world's end, I think the characters are rounder; they're more complete characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say just just briefly, I have to just reference or I have to men- make special mention to Nick Frost. Um, I thought he was great as kind of the straight man character for yeah. uh, for most I of the movie. So too. Um, I thought that was that was just it was it was really fresh. It was it was a refreshing, um, a refreshing thing to see those those characters switched. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very silly in the first two films. Yeah, and yep. he was much so, so much more straight laced in this one. Yeah, and even and I, more well, and just the same. Um, Simon Pegg's turn, I thought, yeah. was really good. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. I thought that that was one of the best. I would go so far as to say one of the best roles I've ever seen him in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you see a lot of movies with a certain person, and you and you kind of feel like the characters are kind of just them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and Scotty, not necessarily so, because mm-hmm. you know he's got the accent and all that. But uh, <laughs> but in a lot of the other Simon Pegg movies, you feel like it's just Simon Pegg. This yeah. this guy was was a character. Gary King is a character. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the ending here in a here in a second. But I just wanted to mention that um, one of one of our Twitter followers at um, Andy Zach uh, Zach Z A C C H, he mentioned that apparently um, the the theme of the movie is is kind of can either be interpreted as or is definitely a um, a statement on Hollywood, which I thought was interesting. I didn't really pick up on that. Did you guys pick up on that? No, not at all. I didn't know. Oh, well, he he linked me to um to an article on uh, filmschoolrejects.com. I'll throw it in the show notes, but basically saying that um Simon Pegg um Simon Pegg's character reference or uh, or, the, or the movie referencing the the Starbucking of the, of the pubs and how it's just it's just um uh. how's just how they're trying to be all the same and all that mm-hmm. um it's kind of a kind of a metaphor for hollywood and how they're churning out and also the the aliens spoiler alert um the aliens taking over the bodies of of the citizens um and just turning them into these idealized kind of kind of um not idealized but turning them into these these robots for lack of a better word that just spout off repetitive things from the past and only being stuck in the past is kind of indicative of Hollywood and how they can't move forward from, from their past movies. And they keep remaking the same things instead of going for originality. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's a big yeah. stretch. Yeah. I think. yeah the I'm article, not saying it's wrong, but I would like to see, uh, I'd like to see more. Yeah. The article is a yeah. little more in depth with it, but okay. I just thought that it's an interesting interpretation. I would say. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd say it's more. I'd say that's more of a commentary on corporatism as opposed to you know, consumerism. Corporatism, more a, a broader theme, 
as opposed to Hollywood. But you know, maybe they make some better points in the article. So sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Like I said, I'll I'll link to it. Okay, I thought that was funny. <laughs> that little joke where they the first two pubs are they're exactly the same. That was yeah. That yeah. made me laugh. I, I laughed too. Yeah. I thought they were all going to be the same. Yeah, that would have gotten a little dull. It would have it would have gotten dull, and I'm glad they didn't do it. But I was like, yeah. this is funny, funny gag. Yeah. But it's also the name of the second pub is the old familiar. Yeah, yeah. it's true. That's you know funny. What I mean? And if you notice, all all of the names of the pubs as the movie goes mm-hmm. are in reference to what's happening in the scene. Yeah, so clever. Yeah, which I thought I was really it. cool. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that honestly. Yeah, look it up as you go. My favorite is the hole in the wall, <laughs> where they <laughs> yeah. where they drive a car into the thing. To make a yeah. really big hole in the wall. Oh, that is awesome! Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. The one before that is the King's Head. The I don't King's remember head, exactly yeah. what happens there, but uh, Gary, you know, it's Gary King. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, wow. I, is that yeah, the one like, where he he beheads the guy? Yes. 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 There's quite a bit of beheading in the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to watch this movie again now. <laughs> the trusty servant, uh, I think, is the one where they meet their friend who is oh, yeah. who is not one of them. Yeah. But huh. is one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good wow. point. That's awesome. Yeah. Check that's it out awesome. next time you watch it. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that because that's when, when I first – when I left the theater, I was thinking, like, it was it – was, it was good. I liked it a lot, but I felt like some of that was missing from, from the other two that, that kind of set up and – uh, intricacies, but I, it's just because I didn't pick up on it. Wow. Yep. yep. Okay. I uh, um. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I I really liked the the very the differences between all these characters. Um. The obviously the standout or the the odd one out was Simon Pegg. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but all all other the other characters were all very straight laced and professional, but they had different aspects about them. Uh, like you know the one guy was still kind of he had a, a disappointing love life and he was still kind of dwelling on, I don't remember the characters names, unfortunately. Yeah, me neither. Uh, they were, he was still kind of dwelling on this crush that he had on the other guy's sister. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that kind of plays through in, in the movie. And, uh, you know, Martin Freeman was just kind of had totally moved on. He was just set this, this super professional guy who didn't even, he, he didn't, he did not want to be there. He could tell, Definitely, um, Nick Frost just kind of dwelled on his. You know, he let his past define him, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my favorite characters was actually, uh, I think his name is Eddie Eddie Marson or Mar- Marsden or something like that. He uh, mm-hmm. he played the like the real shy, uh, you know, I- introverted character. Uh, he was he was pretty funny. I just liked the way that he he seemed to not really fit in that group, but at the same time, every. It seems like every group of friends that you know kind of has a has one of those characters, like has, has a guy like that who kind of he's he's the real shy one and kind of introverted and sort of weird. Oh, yeah. So I, I really liked how all the characters were were so different and they were just they they were kind of staples of of characters. They were they were classics. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was a good a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it it was all played really well. Agree. Huh. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Um. Uh, let's see. What, oh, can we, let's talk about the ending yes. real quick. Um, yeah. The scene right before the ending where where Gary is kind of, uh, uh, you know, wearing his heart on his sleeve and kind of spilling out mm-hmm. all, all his thoughts, I thought was brilliant. 
Oh, that, yeah. That is the scene that made me say, man, this might be the best of the trilogy. Because honestly, it might be one of my favorite scenes of the entire trilogy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then when they go down into the underground or whatever, it's it's too goofy. It, it's where it kind of lost me a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. I um, thought that was really funny because it's this just this quintessential slacker who essentially, uh, by being kind of dumb, he outsmarts a higher intelligence <laughs> and forces them to leave. I thought just that that scenario was really funny to me. Uh, and I, I I thought it was kind of funny, but I do agree it was a bit. It was kind of strange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I laughed. Perfect. I I thought it was funny. Me too. I felt like they could have ended it a little better, a little cleaner. It could have been. It could have been because that, that it was such a it was such a different way for the for the movie to turn. I guess because you had that you had that big moment with with uh, with Gary, mm-hmm. and then you get down to that and it's kind of this kind of just this weird weird thing i don't know how to put it into words but i, I just wasn't really that fond of it um yeah yeah but did, go ahead sorry did you guys like the uh like the epilogue part sort of where there it's the post-apocalyptic thing and they're kind of that was the, the second part that lost me a little yeah. bit. Not the. I wasn't crazy about that either. Yeah, not the not not um not Nick Frost telling the story and see, seeing the Cornetto rapper, which this movie was yeah. meant. Um, yep. but it was, it was the very very last scene with again spoiler alert um, where you see you see Gary walk into walk into the bar with the with the alien things. And he has a sword, and he's. I don't. It was lost on me. I, I don't know what they were saying with that, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 almost like to say, the only problem Gary had was the alcoholism, which he got huh. over, you know. Mm-hmm. But but there's so much more wrong with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and none of that is solved by the end of it. He's still going on adventures like he's the king. Right, you know that, that's true, but his that personality serves him well in the in the the apocalypse, you know. Yeah, but so. why would he team up with the the network or the aliens and stuff? That's what he always seems. wanted because all his other friends were gone, and those, oh. were, those were his friends, you know. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, wow! Uh, I did not so, pick up on that. Right, so many of them had died, and huh. you know, so the the ones that were that were still alive, kind of, you know, they parted ways and. So he had, that's what he always wanted was he wanted his friends back. And that's, those robots were, you know, they were the robot versions of the younger selves. So, huh. yeah, mm. that's why. Wow. Okay. I, I can, I can get more on board with that. But I, then that brings up another issue that his journey as a character kind of. Yeah. That's, and that was my issue. Yeah. Was, was the journey as, as a character huh. kind of takes a step back. A little bit. It's true. I'll give you that. Yeah, but it's not to say that the the it didn't ruin the movie for me, um, no. that much. Because <laughs> no. it everything it, leading up to that was was great. Yeah, it got knocked down a peg, if you will. Yeah. Uh. Hey. <laughs> but uh, but it didn't ruin it. No, no. no. So we kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, do you guys think it's where do you think it fits in the trilogy? Uh, 
the world's in? Do you think it's it's you know the best or the worst or what do you guys think, Mike? Hmm. I would say a strong number two. Um, again, I don't I don't mean to slight Hot Fuzz, but I think this movie, in terms of quality, like we said kind of early on, might be the best. I think it's the most well done movie. Um, but because of the end, and I guess because of the connection I have with Shaun of the Dead and just the horror movie aspect of it, I give Shaun of the Dead the slight edge. Uh, but I think this is this is a really close second um, and definitely better than Hot Fuzz. Okay. I I would say the same thing, although I would, I would give a little bit more credit to Hot Fuzz. Um, but other than that, spot on. I think thematically or, or uh, in terms of the story being told and the characters, their arcs, for the most part, is probably the strongest of the trilogy uh-huh. um, up until that ending. But uh-huh. um, as a movie as a whole, I, I think it, I think it fits well, like right underneath Shaun of the Dead. Okay, how about I you, Tony? I think it's a strong number three uh, to oh, steal wow. to kind of steal some of uh, Mike's thunder. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just I love those first two so much. I think it's. The, I guess I kind of said earlier how I didn't didn't connect with it quite as well. I still I still think it's great. I thought it was so funny. Uh, I loved the sentiment of it, and I think it was a, a solid send off for the trilogy. Uh, but I st- I still prefer the the first two. I think Hot Fuzz is kind of underrated in that sense. I I, I love the the action movie references and whatnot. So I would actually rank them in the order they were released. I'd say Shaun the Dead's my favorite, and Hot nice. Fuzz is second, and this is third. Okay, cool. Um, I think that about does it with our with our discussion of the Cornetto trilogy. I think so. I think so. The, or the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy for us for us Yanks. Yes. Um, or three relatively unrelated movies that are directed by the same guy and star some of the same actors. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Some of the same jokes. <laughs> some of the same jokes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's let's do some potpourri then. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. This is the section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want as long as it smells good. Um, mm. Let's get things kicked off with uh, Mike. How about you? I was hoping you'd pick me first. Oh, nice. Just recently <laughs> I saw uh, the movie Prisoners. Oh, wow. Okay. Hugh Jackman nice. and Jake Gyllenhaal uh, and featuring Paul Dano. Um, yes. I loved it. It was cool. it was really good. It was really, really good. Nice. Even better than I expected. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but the end, um, the crowd with which I saw the movie reacted in a way that surprised me to the ending because oh. I don't think it is as surprising as their gasps might have warranted. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, yeah. the performances are great. Uh, I really love the tone of the movie that starts in November and uh, I guess it starts on Thanksgiving and goes about a week and you really get that feel uh, just in the opening shots um, when they're kind of driving through a neighborhood, it's it's rainy and, and kind of dark and, and gray and gloomy. And I really love the feel of the movie, and it kind of keeps that uh, consistent consistency throughout the movie. Paul Dano, I don't think... Uh, I, I think Paul Dano's great in this character in particular. He doesn't really get to shine, oh, which, really? Is, which is unfortunate <laughs> because he doesn't really have much to do 
um, because he has like the brain of a 10 year old. So he doesn't really have much to do. However, uh, Gyllenhaal and, uh, and Hugh Jackman pick up the slack. Um, so highly, highly recommend on that movie. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. That's kind of disappointing about Paul Dano because I, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Mm, agreed. It um, is, and it's nothing he does wrong, and it's nothing even the writers do wrong. It's just it's surprising they that they got someone um, so who is known for for being so good recently mm-hmm. to do such mm-hmm. a minimal part. And and there's there's more to it, I guess, than I'm giving credit. Uh, I guess sure. I'm just talking about as far as speaking lines are concerned. I think they could have gotten um, someone that would would warrant a smaller paycheck <laughs> for okay. that role. Huh. That's cool. Interesting. Yeah, the, the trailer looked really good. Yeah, it's great. Um, nice. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Uh, Tiny, how about you? What, what have you been up to lately? Uh, today I went and saw uh, Ron Howard's film mm-hmm. Rush, and uh, nice. I I loved it so much. I uh, I do this a lot, but I will admit my bias towards it because uh, I was born and raised in Speedway, Indiana, which is mm-hmm. I live about less than half a mile from the most famous racetrack in the world. So uh, you could easily say that racing is in my blood. So the film was close to me for that reason. Um, so I, I I loved it for that reason. Pretty obviously. Um, but there was a lot about it that surprised me. Uh, the first thing was uh, that it is it's rated R. I didn't even, I had no idea. I thought nice. it was PG 13. Uh, and it's appropriately a rated R film in my opinion, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're talking about professional athletes who literally risk their life every time they do their job. And they're just, you know, they're filled to the brim with testosterone and adrenaline. So it makes sense that they would curse and, and be kind of right. you know, fla- flagrant people. So it kind of makes sense. And it, it worked in the movie. Um, and then secondly, the uh, this is kind of a personal aspect, but uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, I didn't really pick up on it in the trailer, but as soon as I saw him and listened to him uh, physically, he just reminds me so much of Dan Weldon, who uh, was uh-huh. probably one of the most loved race car drivers in the in the world, you could say, uh, mm-hmm. just just a fan favorite, a loved guy. And he uh, tragically died in an accident uh, last year, uh, way before his time. He was a young man. Uh, and I remember, I just remember the day that Dan Weldon died. It was huge for me. I was at work and I was driving a truck. I had to pull over and I kind of broke into tears. That's how much it, that's how important this guy was. And uh, Chris Hemsworth just just sounded and looked so much like him that it, it hit me really hard when I was watching the movie in the theater. Huh. So that's just kind of a personal aspect of it, but... Uh, to get to the movie, it's uh, surprisingly enough, it's it's actually not really a racing movie. Um, it's okay. it is a movie about a rivalry between two professionals. Uh, they they're 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 different. They seem like they're different, but they have a lot of similarities. And uh, I thought that Chris Hemsworth would you know have most of the most of the spotlight because he's the bigger name and he's really good looking guy and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, uh, Daniel Brühl, the, uh, German actor who plays the other, the other, uh, rival driver, he was a st- scene stealer. He, uh, stole a lot of the, stole wow. a lot of the movies thunder. He was really, really, really good in this. Like, I honestly think he deserves an Oscar nomination for it. Um, Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was uh, um, Olivia Wilde was unfortunately underused. Uh, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of hers. Uh, that was a bit unfortunate, but it was a really great movie. I think even people who are not fans of sports or racing will enjoy it. Um, I loved it so much. Nice. I. Uh, it's, it's interesting about Rush because I when I when uh, Ron Howard was basically he he he. He tweeted very prevalently during the the filming and the, the making of the movie, and I thought that it was I I loved him for that because it was such an awesome kind of sneak peek at the behind the scenes aspect of ma- of making this movie, um, and I, I just like that that got me. There was an interesting form of self promotion on his part because it's him sharing his craft and sharing his passion mm-hmm. in a very a very public way and it was it was it kind of got me excited for the movie when i saw the trailer for it i was very very excited to see it but i i haven't seen it yet but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely on my radar and it's it's good to know that it's uh that it's good um <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's such it has a great it has such a great feel to it it's such an atmospheric movie it's and the the time period was just perfect it takes place in the 70s uh and at that time yes. auto racing was hugely popular because you know at the time it was it was the most dangerous sport you could do uh extreme right. sports have kind of taken over that but uh yeah. p- it it was a point where drivers in any kind of racing they were multiple drivers would die every year that's how dangerous it was back then wow. uh it's changed so much now but uh it it was mm-hmm. just an, an interesting time and it's it 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 represents that very well in the film so i nice. i he, highly recommend it i loved it so much Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Awesome. Um, as for me, I got something interesting in the mail today. Um, I'm I'm probably I'm planning on hopefully doing a blog post at some point. It, this won't turn out like the Elysium District Nine double feature that I said I was writing, but I never got around to. Oh but, yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, but I got a package from Nielsen, who I referenced in um a past podcast that Nielsen ratings has, has uh, contacted me about like they did a survey. They had me do a survey and then they called and and asked me to do a journal for, for their, for their rating stuff. Um, So I got it today and it's just, it's, it's going to be fun to write about because I, I have such a, such a strong negative opinion for the Nielsen ratings. Um, Like as an example, they, when they called me, I, I answered the phone. And it was just this woman that's just like, she, yeah, we uh, we got your survey and we want to do this and we want to do that. And we want you to do this journal and everything. And it was very fast talking. Very like anytime I anytime I said okay, yeah, she had to stop her. <laughs> she had to like she had to stop and it's like okay. It was it was a very weird phone call <laughs> because she was following a script like very like lightning fast, and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's throwing her off. Um, huh. So that was weird. And then I got the package today, and it, it was like she was like, "How many how many TVs do you have in your house? How many how many whatever?" So I say, and then like they give you ten dollars per TV and per journal you fill out. So like, if I had known that, and because they're based on the honor system, by the way, uh-huh. um, which is just crazy because they have the technology to track these things. Mm-hmm. to the point but they're still using this outdated system so i could have said i could have said yeah i have like seven tvs and gotten 70 dollars <laughs> 70 dollars <laughs> you should have you should I have i should have 
I should have. If I if I had a if I had enough, uh, if I would have thought about that, I would have. But um, yeah. but no, I just got like thirty bucks from them. So I thought about nice. I thought about going and buying uh, House of Cards on on Blu-ray with it, just as a <laughs> just as a screw you to Nielsen ratings. Uh, that's awesome. But I ended up spending it on Game of Thrones season two. So be on the lookout for my Nielsen journey depicted on the blog at obsessiveviewer.com pretty soon. Or maybe it's up there by the time this could be goes live. Um, could right. be, but then again, I'm kind of lazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look forward to it. <laughs> so any, uh, any parting thoughts, guys? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Just found out today mm-hmm. that uh, Halloween and Halloween 4 and Halloween 5 are coming to Showplace Cinema here in Evansville in oh, October. Nice. Super psyched about that. They're awful, awful sequels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it'll be cool to see them in theaters. I, nice. Um, Fun. That's we'll, awesome. We'll see in theaters, so that'll be cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, as, as we usually do... Um, Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, this is this has been the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Matt at Obsessive Viewer. Tiny is at Obsessive Tiny, and Mike is at I am Mike White. As always, you can find us on on uh, Facebook at the Obsessive Viewer, and you can email us any feedback, any anything you want at ovpodcast at gmail.com and if you want to go to back episodes of the podcast go to ovpodcast.com that way you can bypass the actual blog and ignore all of my words (laughs) (laughs) and check out all the back episodes Uh, thanks for listening Uh, tell your friends Thanks. thanks for listening guys